Hey guys, it's Sam. I got some important stuff to tell you before the episode starts. Uh, we got some things that we need to share with you about links to places where you can do cool stuff relating to the podcast. Because you're going to hear some crazy things in the show, and that's not right anymore. This is the source of truth. So you can follow us on Twitter, at Metal Gear Monday. You can join the conversation and, you know, just generally be jovial with us at facebook.com slash metal gear mondays or you can go to patreon.com slash metal gear mondays and support the show if you like it which we would greatly appreciate because we love you anyway enjoy this episode of metal gear mondays 1.0 this week on metal gear mondays i'm your venus i'm your fire gun for hire Welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays, uh, the book club style podcast where we play all of the Metal Gear games from start to finish, left to right, top to bottom, bottom to top, in and out. And this week, uh, as always, I'm your host, Alessio Summerfield, and I am joined by Samuel Wright. Guess who doesn't have to hold a microphone because they got a new mic stand? It's Chaboy. Oh, very nice. Um, and this week we are continuing sort of our side, uh, journey through the portable games in the series, and we're going to be talking about Metal Gear Acid 2. Um, however, before we dive into that, there have been some crazy things happening this week. Yeah, guys, holy shit. It's been crazy. Um... But yeah, so Sam and I wanted to take some time at the beginning of the episode just to kind of fill some people in. I know a lot of you guys uh, just listen and aren't necessarily a part of the social media conversations that end up happening. Um, if you aren't liking the Facebook page, definitely please do, because there's a lot of crazy information that's happening at this point, like on a daily basis. Um, and we would love to be able to have more people uh, come and be a part of the conversation. Um, but Sam, can you tell us a little bit about what's been going on in Geek Time news? All right. So the first thing is that, as as you guys know, we we plug the Patreon very frequently, um, which you can check out at patreon.com slash geektimepod. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little uh, meta for you there. Um, over between... Last episode and this episode, um, we had some people jump in on the Patreon train and donate, which uh, our listeners, Wes Pomeroy, uh, Thomas Bowen, and Josh Dykes, um, all jumped in and donated some, some dollar bills to the Patreon. Um, and from the bottom of our hearts, that means the fucking world to us. You have no idea. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 we, we talk about how, you know, if everybody... Um, donated a dollar, we would be able to do amazing things um, and improve the quality and give you really cool stuff, and that's what we aim to do with the Patreon stuff as well. Um, so Thomas, Wes, and Josh have all been invited and have been talking to us um, on our 
personal Slack channel. Um, so they have direct access to conversations with us there. Um, so a dollar gets you in on that. Plus we, we're going to be putting up exclusive like blog posts and stuff on the Patreon page, um, just for people who, who donate. So definitely check that out if you, um, if you so, uh, if you so could, is that even, is that a so, phrase? I think so choose. If you so choose, yeah. check that out and donate some, some money. Well, and that being said, too, Sam and I have been having conversations about how to make the Patreon uh, a little bit more engaging and a ton of fun. And part of being a part of the Patreon uh, backing pool is um, we're going to start publishing uh, the show notes, uh, like physical, hard-written show notes um, for Metal Gear Mondays. Um and on top of that, uh, we are actually toying around with the idea of opening up a couple of different uh, choices for Patreon, ba- uh, Patreon backers um, where they can vote on uh, things that we're going to be doing in the future. And that is exclusive to patrons. Um, and it's just going to kind of enable us to do some really, really cool things. And I think the more people we get in the Slack channel, the better... Uh, that whole thing is going to be. And it's already a ton of fun, and we've been sharing some really cool stuff uh, with uh, with everybody who's already donated. Um, but I think uh, getting more people into the Slack is going to make it a ton of fun. Absolutely. Your dollar bill snowballs quite quite drastically. Yeah, I, I mean, to be completely transparent, I think we're already a third... A third of the way to paying for all of the hosting and all of the SoundCloud stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if just like six more people contributed the same way that our original three have contributed, uh, we wouldn't have to p- pay any money out of pocket to do what we're doing, and that would make uh, our lives tremendously better. Um, it would, and it would free up funds for us to be able to use it for other things that we could potentially use to make the site better too. Exactly. On top of the fact so. that we would love to uh, be able to uh, physically meet one another and do special episodes and stuff like that. So, which we have done, but like it, it's taxing on the wallet, you know. Yeah. Um, and it took like years to do the first one. So yeah, no, it, we like I like. Alessio, me and Alessio are very good friends, and I've known Alessio for for about five, almost six years now. Um, and I met him in person for the first time last July. Um, so it's it's you know <laughs> it's 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 some money. It costs some money. Yeah. To, to go cross country a little bit. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, it's super unfortunate, but you have to have money to do fun things, and so mm-hmm. we want to. Definitely thank you guys tremendously. I mean, it made my day just to get Wes's contribution and then immediately to get the other two. It was was mind-blowing. And, I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about it for too terribly much longer, but I will say that just being able to interact and share videos and all kinds of stuff with people in the Slack channel, like my day to day, I was just like ear to ear smiling. Yeah. So I was just like, and the, especially cause that day it was gorgeous outside and I was doing a lot of like work on my porch. Um, and it just made the day so much better. So thank you guys so, so much, um, for, for all of that. Um, totally. And I, on, on oh, go ahead. well, on, on another front, I was going to talk about uh, the other thing that Geek Time <laughs> is doing. So um, I posted a video um, the other day to the the Facebook page. Um, we have T-shirts now. 
Um, a lot of people were talking to us and like mentioning offhandedly is like, yeah, you know, I, I want Matt Campbell on a t-shirt, <laughs> you know, and we obliged. So we have a shop. You can go to geektime.spreadshirt.com or shop.spreadshirt.com slash geektime will also get you there. Um, we have a couple designs in there and we're going to try and make it more designs, um, the one that I posted the video directly about was a Matt Campbell 2016 t-shirt. So it's a, so if you're not a big fan of any of the candidates running for president right now, you can wear Matt Campbell and show your support for him, the hero we all deserve. Um, we've also got, uh, it's just a box t-shirt. I love um, that design. I think that's going to be the one that I end up buying. Yeah, I'm going to get me one of those here pretty soon too, because I'm actually like, the more I look at it, like I hated it at first because I'm very hypercritical of myself, but, uh, um, I like it. I, I'm starting to starting to grow on me, but yeah. So I but I, I made all of these by the way. Um, and then we also have a a shirt that says "Keep It Sexy, Y'all," which is how we sign off the Geek Time podcast that we do. Um, and then we have uh, our logo T-shirts, and then this uh, one of those uh, athletic department shirts, but it's kind of like flipping those stupid shirts on their head a little bit. So yeah, no, it's super sweet and. Likewise, too, I, I, our goal is to kind of keep adding to the shirt pool. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have uh, fun shirts with more inside jokes. And uh, mm-hmm. the day that I encounter somebody with a it's just a box shirt in 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 the wild, I'm going <laughs> to freak the fuck out and probably have to, like, pull over and, like, weep, I think. Yeah. Um, the way that the, the way that the store is laid out, if you go there, it'll show you the designs. And if you click on the designs... Um, um, it'll take you into the store that shows you w- what you can buy with that design on it. Um, all of the shirts have men's cuts and women's cuts, so um, you can buy either one of those. Um, that's all we have right now, but the shirt has capacity to do like coffee mugs, underwear, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So if there's a demand for it, we'll, uh, we'll easily be able to add it into the store. Sweet. And that being said, too, I, um, I wanted to ask you, Sam... Um, is there any way for us to integrate a shop link into the website? Oh yeah, totally. Um, and I've been, I was, I was going to do that, and then I got distracted by stuff. Perfect. But I will, I will certainly um, on the website geekti.me. I will add a link to the shop um, with our probably next to the donate page. Sweet link to the donate. And that being said, um, some crazy stuff has been kind of happening uh, with a little bit of cross promotional uh, material. Um, and I wanted to just talk about it for a second, uh, and then we could dive in proper. Um, and I guess it kind of came up in the Slack channel that, um, some folks did not realize that I do filmmaking. So for any of you guys who, I feel like I talk about it all the time, but if you guys don't already know, um, I am a professional filmmaker, uh, this is what I've chosen to do with my life uh even though it is not necessarily the most financially beneficial thing to try to do um and so i have been uh here in st louis i have a company with my uh, production partner james reichmuth um, and we do video production and so we have a lot of client work but we also have a lot of passion projects and original content and one of those things was we were um 
developing a web series called Dev Diary that was going to be a weekly web series for YouTube. And um, we did a bunch of pilot episodes with a couple different developers in St. Louis. And eventually we ended up encountering uh, these three brothers called the Coster Brothers um, that work under the handle Butterscotch Shenanigans. Um, they do a lot of mobile games. So if you've ever played Flop Rocket or Quadrupus Rampage on iOS or Google uh, Play, um, they they made those games, but they ended up kind of becoming the first season of Dev Diary. And while we were working on it, we, about three weeks ago, came to the realization that we wanted to do a feature film instead. And so we announced on Monday that we are doing a feature film. Uh, there's an announcement trailer. Um, you can check it out on Facebook. The name of the film is Brace for Impact, the Crashlands story, um, because they've been working on... Uh, they released a game in late January called Crashlands for uh, uh, PC, Mac, iOS, and uh, Android. And it is actually the first game that I've ever played to date where it is a full game, an amazing adventure game with crafting elements and like a 60-hour story. But you can play it on your phone for $4.99, and then you can literally turn around and pay $14.99 on Steam and pick up right where your mobile game left off. Um, and it's the first time I've ever seen a game uh, be fully featured and have it to where you could do something like that. Um, usually the mobile version is like a way shittier version, but they're identical. Um, and so we've been covering their story um, because one of the three brothers, Sam, uh, got diagnosed with stage 4B lymphoma and uh, was having a really hard time with cancer and Crashlands came out of that. And so we uh, put up the announcement trailer and we announced uh, the film and the website and we're going to be doing a huge event on March 25th that Sam will be coming to. Um, the website for the movie is braceforimpactmovie.com. Uh, you can check out the trailer. Um, there's a blog and you can see what I look like. Um, and uh, I was recently featured on a podcast that a good friend of mine uh, is a co-host on called the Match 3 Podcast um, and is based out of Chicago. Um, and I talked about the film on the latest episode. I believe it is episode 41. About 15 minutes in, you can hear me and Sam talking about the movie for about 15 minutes. Um, Sam and I went to uh, high school and middle school together, and so we hadn't talked to each other in about five years, so it was actually really, really cool getting a chance to talk about the film and catch up with Sam. Um, Sam Wright uh, is a big fan of one of the guys who hosts the show. Sam, can you tell us about that guy? Yeah, no, um, so Patrick Klepek, I've been following Patrick uh, for for a while. Um, he, he I, first, I first stumbled across him... Um, um, several years ago back when one up was doing the one up show when when one up was still a uh, perfect paradise of amazingness um <laughs> um and i remember i was i remember the first thing i ever saw him on was a one up show episode where they were talking about the operation anchorage dlc for fallout 3 if that dates it a little bit um so Pat, that's where I saw Patrick for the first time, and he's kind of jumped around stuff. But he's a he's a reporter for for Kotaku right now, senior reporter. Um, and when Alessio, I I didn't realize he was doing this podcast when Alessio told me he was doing the show. Um, I was like, yeah, Patrick, <laughs> that's awesome. Between, but yeah, be between Patrick Klepek and Phil Kohler, it's like the like yeah, those are my two games journalists like man crushes. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I went on and talked about the film, and so you can definitely check that out. And I think that that's really 
all of the admin stuff. Um, the reason why I mentioned the film is because I also talked about Geek Time uh, very minimally on the podcast. But <laughs> um, as the film, uh, it's kind of this cool marriage where it's like this 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 production side of things that I do. Since the film is about video games, it actually kind of allows me to talk about Geek Time uh, in the same breath. And so um, we might have some new listeners, hopefully. And then likewise, Ooh. too, um, I know that uh, once Dev Diary returns as a web series after the film is finished, we are still planning on doing a podcast companion to the web series. Um, and that will be a part of the Geek Time Network. So, um, yeah, essentially we're going to find a way to make Forever an Astronaut and Geek Time be a uh, brother and sister. Yay. So it'll be fun. I'm not, we're not, Geek Time's not the sister. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, so fuck it, let's pull up our pants and talk about some Metal Gear Acid 2. And do the Rockaway? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it's it's late. I'm You're fine. <laughs> But yeah, so Metal Gear Acid 2, um, we are not going to talk too terribly much about the intricate details, um, but I will kind of go through some generalities real quick before we it's dive probably, into it's it. It's probably for the best because like this one is even more batshit than the first one. Yeah, it, it very easily could have been called Metal Gear Acid 2, colon, the one with all of the fucking really hard names to pronounce. Um, because ev- a, like I, every boss in this game has like... An, a name that I cannot pronounce to save my yeah. life. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the names of the Metal Gears and see if I can try. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's only two, so the Metal Gear from Acid One makes a reappearance. So yeah, Kodu, which which I Kadok I think Kadok yeah. is how I yeah. But then the Metal Gear that shows up just for wait, Acid wait, wait, Two wait, is wait, insane. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me see if I can't. Let me, you you go ahead and talk about the generalities. I'm gonna find this. Cool, find cool, cool. So um. For those of you familiar with Metal Gear Acid 1, Metal Gear Acid 2 is a direct sequel and also a uh, direct kind of uh, mechanical sequel. So, like, all of the systems from Metal Gear Acid 1 come back kind of untouched. Um, However, I will say they streamlined a lot of it and everything animates quicker, everything feels faster, um, it looks, in my opinion, tons better um, because they went with, like, a cel-shaded look. Um, and just everything about it, it's it's almost as if they took any complaints from the first acid and addressed them directly. And so, essentially, this game just feels like the first game, but ten times better. And for those of you that follow us on Facebook, uh, I played the first hour of Metal Gear Acid a little while ago and took a picture of it. And uh, essentially... Um, shared it on Facebook and said, I'm only an hour in and it's already like one of my favorite PSP games. So 
Mechanically, it's phenomenal. It is a ton of fun. Story-wise, it may not be everybody's cup of tea. I enjoyed it. It's probably the most anime that Metal Gear ever gets. Um, so if you're not into anime or you're not into kind of that art style or kind of the melodrama that comes with it, um, you may not enjoy it. But I will say the story segments are still kind of visual novel-esque, kind of like from the first Acid. However, it feels almost more like a Phoenix Wright game and less like uh, a dating sim this time around, I guess. Um, so even the... Um, story portions feel like way more energetic and animated and stuff Mm. like that. And some of the characters are phenomenal. Like I, I actually kind of wish some of the characters would have been, uh, canon that way they could have appeared in other games because, uh, the cast of characters, just a ton of fun. Mm. No Matt Campbell though. No, no Matt Campbell. (laughs) Sadly (laughs) enough. Um, there is, uh, just to kind of go through it, so Snake obviously makes a return, uh, albeit with a twist, which we will get to. Um, he is partnered up with kind of the uh, female lead, uh, replacing Taliko is Venus, uh, which is what I was referring to in my little jingle at the beginning of the show. Um, <sighs> she's pretty cool. Um and then on top of that, we've got a couple of different supporting characters that kind of make appearances in and out. Um, the head bad guy, in a sense, is a guy named Wiseman, um, which whenever I saw it, I was like, Wiseman? The Wise Man's Committee? Like, what is this? Um, and so <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, and then there's a hacker who goes by BB, um, who is hilarious. Like, I will say the character's dialogue... Um, it's some of the best dialogue I've seen in a Metal Gear game. Like, he just calls out some of the things from the series uh, that everybody kind of takes for granted um, and makes jokes about it. And so, like, I don't know, BB's a phenomenal character. You never see BB, um, but you do see, like, a little avatar um, because he just communicates through uh, texts. Um, there is a guy named Dalton who is kind of a private eye um, who's actually a pretty interesting character. He starts out kind of flat, but eventually kind of develops into a cool character. Um, and then there's just a whole bunch of supporting kind of boss characters and uh, stuff like that. Um, Vince, the head of security, is a pretty fun character who's kind of recurring. But everybody else is just kind of, they show up once and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so essentially the plot is it picks up Directly after Metal Gear Acid 1, Snake is uh, entering the United States uh, illegally with three mercenaries from South America on a jet. Um, And then they are taken hostage, and Dalton essentially tells Snake, you've got to go on this mission or I'm going to imprison you and your friends. But if you do this mission for me, um, then I will look the other way and we will clear you of uh, any sort of charges um, and Snake is kind of confused because Snake is actually an, an, an amnesiac in this game, so he doesn't mm-hmm. remember anything. Um, but apparently he's wanted for something that happened in South America, and he yeah. can't re-enter the country. Yeah. So, so, um, so Snake infiltrates this this place called Saint Logic. Did you say that already? Oh no, I haven't said that. Yeah, Saint Logic oh. is this like uh, weapons development kind of. Uh, company that works with the government that has been doing experiments and uh, Dalton sends Snake in to get information on what they're doing as part of his investigation. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he, he infiltrates St. Logic and is kind of like sneaking around and that's when a uh, Wiseman comes in um, who is a joint chief of staff for the DOD. Yep. 
um, the, the Department of Defense for anybody who's not familiar with the American government kind of oh, yeah, hierarchy. Yeah. I'm just so used to saying, like, mili- my dad was in the military. I'm so used to saying just DOD and yeah. like, things like that. Um, uh, but uh, Wiseman is involved because of this guy named Copplethorn, um, who essentially is the um, the guy with the with the nukes. Um, so essentially, several prisoners are to be released into his custody. Otherwise, he's going to use nuclear weapons. Um, and the new Metal Gear. Yes. Um, so he's kind of primed to be like the head bad guy, but you yeah. really don't interact with him a whole lot until the end. But he's kind of like a lead researcher yeah. at Saint Logic. Yeah. Um, and then Wiseman also sends in Venus, who is his operative, to team up with Snake for the uh, the mission. Um, and then they shortly discover that they are developing a new Metal Gear. Um, which is okay. All right, take a deep breath. <laughs> <sighs> Metal Gear Kayath Hakadesh. Yeah, and those are three different words. Yes, Kayath or Chayoth or what? But I think the but I think it's the ch in this in this instance because of the the etymology of the the name. I think it's Kayath. Kayath makes a cuss sound. So Kayath Hakadesh. Yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to see, like, I didn't do any research to see if that name is from something else, but I would be interested to see if it was, like, a name from, like, mythology or something. I looked it up, and the first thing that pops up is Metal Gear. <laughs> oh, well, I guess they completely made it up. So, yeah. But, yeah, so that's the new Metal Gear, and it's different than other Metal Gears, because not only does it have nukes and all those other things, but... What Saint Logic has been doing has been creating a new operating system that is called Ego, and I cannot remember what EGO stands for. But essentially, what it is, it is this operating system that will allow the Metal Gear to essentially have a personality, and essentially, um, the operating system would allow it to think and react like a human being. So this is very much so like some Neon Genesis Evangelion territory. Yeah. Um, it's pretty neat, man, actually, because I'm actually surprised that they've never done anything like that in the main games with how crazy everything gets in MGS4. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of how it articulates. And so Snake is tasked with obviously destroying Metal Gear, uh, getting the data to uh, allow for Dalton and Wiseman to uh, kind of secure their investigation and then get the fuck out. And uh, things kind of start to get crazy towards the uh, three quarters of the way through the game. Um, since this is a little bit of like a hybrid of like a micro and a regular episode, we're probably not going to touch on every single point that kind of articulates within the story. Um, but Snake does encounter like other researchers and encounters uh, a child named Lucy who does not speak and does not have a personality. Um, and, uh, Snake is slowly trying to, essentially in exchange for doing all these things, they've promised Snake that they will tell him about his past. And so that is the motivating factor for him. And then like you, like after all this stuff, you kind of learn, um, that Copplethorn has been trying to like resurrect his dead wife in the form of Lucy. Yeah. The little girl. Um, and that Snake is a test subject and is actually a clone of the real solid Snake. Well, he's a clone of the snake from Acid One. Yeah, which which is not the real sauce. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But and yeah, and what's interesting too is Snake discovers that. So this Copplethorn guy thought Snake was dead, and then when he sees Snake, he decides that he's going to take his revenge. And so Snake doesn't understand why Copplethorn hates him, but it kind of becomes revealed that Snake is the one that killed Copplethorn's wife, and that Copplethorn's wife was the one conducting all of this research for Ego. Um, and essentially what was going on was that, um, the snake from Metal Gear Acid 1 had been cloned a few times and they essentially used them as kind of like the Mark three, like stage three test subjects. And so the snake that we play as is just one of the clones, but what ended up happening was Copplethorne's wife and all of these solid snake clones were in South America for testing. And, um, essentially, uh, some panic had happened and uh, somebody involved had, and I believe it was actually Wiseman, by the end of the game you find out, Wiseman and Venus uh, were tasked with uh, inciting an event that would cause the clones to kind of go into action in order to test them. And all of the clones end up killing everybody, and there's a massacre, and Copplethorne's wife is involved, and then the snake that we play as is the only survivor, and he actually wiped out everybody. And yeah. Venus uh, essentially tries to kill him, and that's what makes him an, am- am- an amnesiac. Is that an animaniac? Yeah, she tries to kill him, and it doesn't kill him, and she leaves, and then he loses loses his memory. So as all of these things get revealed, um, Snake ends up confronting the Metal Gear and Copplethorn, um, Copplethorn. Uh, and all of these other test subjects that are worshiping Lucy as if she's kind of this resurrected goddess mm-hmm. uh, or a queen, which is what they keep calling her. Um, Copplethorn thinks that she's just going to be the personality and memories of his wife in a new body. But it turns out that uh, as Snake is fighting the Metal Gear with Venus, uh, Copplethorn kind of gets disabled and Lucy takes control of the Metal Gear and actually states that it's been her plan all along to uh, transcend kind of humanity and transcend all of these things. And she doesn't give a shit about Copplethorn. She just wants to kind of be this queen for like a new generation of humans. And um, Snake and Venus end up taking her out in the Metal Gear as well. Um, And then Snake and Venus get into a fight because essentially uh, Wise Man orders Venus to finish the job. Yeah, because she's she's a test subject too, but like a newer, a newer test subject. For sure. And uh, essentially, BB comes to the rescue, kick-ass hacker who's been helping you this whole time. Coming uh, in, rolling on his ball. Yeah, dude. Dalton. BB-8. This is BB-1. But Dalton and BB and Snake have been kind of building up this friendship, and they've been kind of helping each other through this craziness because Dalton is essentially being held hostage by Wiseman as well. Mm. Um, and so they help each other, and BB... Um, kind of uh, ends up getting the president involved and uh, gets Wiseman locked up. And uh, after Snake beats Venus, before he kills her, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. Um, and the entire facility is uh, on a self-destruct sequence. And they escape. And No, 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 no. Oh, go ahead. This is important because I need to just talk about how ridiculous this is. Venus escapes. Yeah. Um, Snake is trapped in the building. Um, and then the the scene is outside the building, and uh, Metal Gear Kaiath Hakadesh returns to life. 
um, and the U.S. military has been called in to essentially secure the building, fires on Metal Gear as a missile launches into the ocean a short distance away, and it is revealed in a cutscene that Snake was hiding inside of the launcher instead of a missile and broke most of the bones in his body. And because he's a clone, I guess, recovered it very quickly. Um, and that's insane. Yeah. That is fucking insane. Yeah. That is Snake Tales insane. Yeah. Like, that's Matt Campbell insane. Come on. Yeah, it gets real crazy. And uh, Sam, can you round it off by telling us what happens uh, in the final moment? Um, um, essentially, um, Wiseman is arrested and charged for crimes against humanity um and dalton essentially gives him his identity and 15 million dollars um for some reason but i think yeah um but uh, like venus becomes like a like a clerk at a supermarket (laughs) and like is trying to like merge into everyday life um yeah she tries to date snake pretty frequently throughout the game as well yeah it's it's so fucking weird um uh yeah i don't even know but yeah no venus become i guess like becomes a supermarket clerk yep so that's something yeah so it ends on a very like odd it's like a weird combination of like neon genesis evangelion metal gear and like chobits (laughs) (laughs) fucking chobits Yep. I forgot Chobits was a thing. Yep. So. God, I need to Google Chobits, like, right now. Oh, jeez. Um, so, well, before we start talking about waifus, um, <laughs> that's, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much how Metal Gear Acid 2 wraps up. Um, I feel like it wasn't really hyper-open-ended, um, in a sense. I mean, it was kind of like everybody gets out scot-free, except for the bad guys. Um and I I don't know. I wonder what their plans were after this. Like, I wonder if they were ever planning to kind of revisit this or if this was just kind of like, fuck it, just be done. Um, but no, I mean, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, a lot of the, there are a lot of different cards in this game. The card system is a little bit more intricate because there are cards that can like combo off of each other. Um, but there's just a lot of tactical stuff in this game and there's a fun multiplayer mode um as well so i don't know i mean if you own a psp much like we said about acid if you own a psp um definitely seek out the umd or if you ever see it pick up a copy um there's a fun thing that we actually did not talk about called the solid eye um and i wish that i had a copy that came with it that Um, looks like it would give me a headache yeah definitely but i think it's something that is kind of neat so essentially the game shipped with this like cardboard box, kind of like how people have like VR cardboard boxes for their phones. Like, uh, what is it? Google the cardboard. Google cardboard. Yeah. Yeah, and it shipped with one of those, and it had like these lenses. There's like a left and a right eye, and you would set it up over your PSP, and you could hypothetically, I don't, I, I would not recommend it. You could play the whole game with the solid eye mode turned on, and it would make it 3D. Um, which is really cool. But the other thing that I think is neat is there are a bunch of cutscenes made for the Solid Eye from other Metal Gear games on the disc. So you can watch Metal Gear Solid 3 cutscenes and stuff like that before. I think this is before MGS3 came out, 
or it may have been kind of con- con- concurrent with when it came out. Huh. Um, but you could watch cutscenes for the game before the game came out um, through this solid eye. And uh, there's actually a really neat boss rush mode. And after you beat the game, essentially it's just kind of, it puts you in these different boss scenarios um, that you can fight with the cards. However, it's not just bosses from Metal Gear Acid 2. It's actually bosses from the whole series. So oh. you can play really fun boss fights. Like you can fight Liquid Snake and all kinds of other shit within the Metal Gear Acid kind of framework. Um, so it's really cool. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like it's one of the best PSP games I've ever played. And there's just so much to do that you'll play through. Like me, I played through the whole game and I think... I only have 30% of the cards. Mm-hmm. So there's just, there's a lot of stuff and it's a ton of fun. It's a really cool game. And the music's fantastic. So yeah, that's Metal Gear Acid 2 in a nutshell. Um, I don't really know if there's too much left to say about it. Sam, do you have any questions about it since you didn't play it? Um, no, I feel like my my brief experience with it on YouTube and reading about it is enough for me. Cool. Yeah, I like um, it a lot. It's, I just, it's just insane. The story just... Ugh. Yeah. Other than so, Metal Gear Acid One was pretty good about you being able to like play through the whole thing as it went. But I will say the one, my one big complaint about Acid Two is like, so I played it on easy just so I could kind of finish it for the show. Um, but I will say when I got to the Metal Gear battle um, to, at the end of the game, it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that um, I had to go back and grind to get points to buy cards. Because a lot of the weapons, unless it's like anti-machine rocket weapons, just like (laughs) don't do shit. And so I had to go back through and essentially kind of grind and hope and buy card packs. So I will say I don't think it, it doesn't flow. Like you can't just go mission to mission to mission without having to stop and kind of grind. I, I discovered, I think I saw online on a couple of let's plays just to kind of see how other people were doing it, that some people were able to kind of push through it just using things like AKs and M4s. It just takes way longer. Um, But that was my one big gripe is it didn't feel paced for you to be able to just kind of play straight through. You kind of had to double back. Hmm. Um, But yeah, so good game. Check it out for sure. Um, Let's jump into some listener responses since we don't have a side op uh, between this and the next episode so sam do you want to start us off by talking about some stuff on the facebook yeah so we have a couple of posts on the page we have a couple of messages that we want to talk to and the first one that uh, <laughs> that i want to mention is from uh nikki ziggy stardust nikki z in, in the, the place, place to be, to be um he posted on the facebook page thanks for the plug guys and what he means by that is um we talked about his uh new podcast that is on our network mad bad book club which you should check out um he says anyway i think you guys messed up so already calling us out damn um said there's actually a secret ending to metal gear acid if you collect every card in the game and make sure the last card used in the game is the peter still black man card you will trigger the secret ending 
It plays out the same as it would normally until Snake ends up laying on the beach. Suddenly, footsteps are heard, and then who would it be to show up but Matt Campbell? And the only piece of accompanying voice dialogue in the game, Matt says, Be careful, Snake. Dear's minds, dear. The Russian accent was weird, but otherwise, that's it. That's the secret ending. The memes. I love it. <laughs> so that was, I love it. That was uh, pretty, pretty fantastic. Um... So we had that post on the Facebook page. Um, we also had some uh, some messages. Um, the first one's from Ben Garibaldi-Smith. Um, thank you, Ben. Uh, he says, hey, guys, great job with the podcast this week. Uh, talking about our acid uh, episode, he said, I didn't know it was possible to talk about that Metal Gear Acid for that long, <laughs> which <laughs> I didn't either. So <laughs> so we're, uh, we're batting a thousand. Um, anyway, I just wanted to chime in with my thoughts on what um, was talked about. Call it the British connection. So, so I totally agree with what Sam said at the start of the show. Nobody played Metal Gear Acid. I remember, <laughs> seeing, the, I remember seeing the launch trailer and simply thinking, nope. <laughs> I tried to find out just how many copies of Metal Gear Acid were sold, and I couldn't find anything online. However, I did get the unit sales of Metal Gear Acid 2. Um, North America, oh, there's percentages and decimals. Um, North it wasn't America, a lot. No, it wasn't. North America was like point. Point one zero million units. Um, Europe was point zero one million. Japan was point zero five million. The rest of the world was point zero one million, and global was point one eight million. Um, in comparison, Peace Walker, a full blown Kojima effort for the PSP, sold just over two million units. Um, so, looking at how badly Metal Gear Acid appears to have sold, do you think the only reason these Metal Gear games were made is to help publicize and create some buzz around the launch of the PSP, hoping people will think it's an MGS, MGS2 game, but for the PSP? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit, um, and the answer to that, I think, is yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I think to some extent, I think Acid 1 very much so was like Konami wanting to get a Metal Gear title on some new Sony hardware, and then and help with the kind of the launch. And I think Acid 2 probably came out... I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm, I'm assuming the Japanese market actually enjoyed Acid, um, which it sounds like from the numbers that they did. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure that a sequel was kind of greenlit just because it was like, well, we've already built this whole system, so why not just add a little bit and put out another one? Um, yeah. I'm sure it'd be cheaper to do that than make a whole new engine and everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. So I think... That's for sure. I will say it's interesting to me that uh, Peace Walker sold 2 million units on the PSP because as far as timelines go, Peace Walker came out well after the PSP was kind of dead in America. And so it's interesting to me that it even sold that many units because... But it's also... But you have to think it's also an actual, like, straight-up Metal Gear game. That's For sure. For sure. For sure. But if anything, I, I think... Everybody who I've ever encountered did not have a chance to play it on the PSP because a lot of them had already gotten rid of their PSPs before it came out, or they just didn't have one, and they didn't want to buy one just for that. So a lot of people that I know didn't play Peace Walker until the HD collection. Like, to this day, I still haven't played it, which, um, that's exciting time. It's amazing. It's a really good game, but it's just weird to me that they waited so long to put it out, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, um, I can um, I can pick up an email real quick. Before well, no, I'm not, I'm not I'm not done with okay. Ben's. Oh, my bad. Um, ben also says you mentioned some of the team that worked on the game, and one of the names mentioned was Akihiro Honda, one of the composers. He did go on to greater Metal Gear things, writing, composing the song "Sins of the Father" from Phantom Pain. Um, anyway, great with the show. Keep up the good. Wow, that I just like took took. 
12 words and turn them into one. <laughs> anyway, great work with the show. Keep up the good work, Ben. P.S. Don't worry about offending the Welsh. We do it all the time here in England. So it's good to know um, No, we have permission to offend the Welsh. Say it with me. Whose coat is that jacket? <laughs> Whose shoes are those trainers? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear any Welsh anything, I just immediately think of Mr. Drippy from Nino Cooney. <laughs> Oyman. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Anyways, but, carry so, on with an, with an email, sir. Yeah, so this is an email from TJ. Um, we were actually in a conversation about uh, having TJ on the show, and he said, I just really want to speak directly to the man, the myth, the legend, doesn't have a twit. <laughs> and Isaac, who had not said a single thing in this multi-email chain. Who is my favorite person on the fucking planet, by the way. Yes, came out of nowhere with <laughs> the mystery of doesn't have a twit lies in the strength of those who believe Leg- legend has it that such a man does not actually exist only in the signs and breaths effervescing up into and out of our memories doesn't have a twit is in all of us we are its legacy so i just wanted to give a little isaac into this episode because that's fucking amazing yeah isaac is isaac is just a fucking unicorn. I yeah, I love it. Like somebody Isaac Isaac Lim only comes along like once every generation. Um yes. if that. Um so we need to treasure him while he's here. Exactly. We don't want another Bowie situation. No, God no. But sweet. Just think about this however many billion years of life and you uh you manage to exist at the same time as Isaac Lim. How lucky <laughs> are you? <laughs> I'm I'm happy to see Isaac uh influencing more than just the people in his uh near vicinity because I <laughs> I had the privilege of growing up spoiled because I grew up alongside Isaac but I'm happy to share the share the Isaac with the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, the first time I actually like I actually shared words with Isaac was this podcast and now um I just I'm thankful every day um, that I can I could call myself his. Dare I say friend? I don't know. He, I has, don't wanna, he hasn't I don't said wanna, that yet. He hasn't. I don't want to overstep my boundaries with uh, with Isaac with the legend of doesn't have a twit. Be careful. We're friends on Facebook, so that that that's something, dude. That is something because I think he checks his Facebook like once a month. Yeah. So, and he like accepted it like a day after I requested him. So I don't know. Very nice. We'll see. <laughs> Do we have another Facebook? Yeah, uh, uh, Nick Reed. Um, he's he other Nick. In, other Nick. Nick Reed. Um, as he says, as an Australian, I can confirm what you said about Fanny and Rooted. Yes. So uh, if you want to get deeply rooted, um, you can check out my Fanny. All right. Um, Thank you for that invitation. You're welcome. <laughs> I fucked man um also i'm glad the expert stoner shy guy thing is catching on um, yes <laughs> he said also after finishing metal gear solid one for oh, my voice is doing things right now <laughs> after finishing metal gear solid one for the first time a few weeks ago i loved it all the problems you guys had with it were a bit harsh i reckon the only thing i hated were some points in the game where you basically can't progress unless you have rations aka the stairs and the rex battle the backtracking didn't worry me it made me understand the map better i think it's my favorite mgs after two so far the gameplay isn't riveting in one, but the pacing and story and atmosphere and music were all great. It was definitely a lot harder than MGS2. Anyway, gotta go talk to you dudes soon. 
Um, and our response, <laughs> and our response is Alessio said something to the effect of, um, he said, I know on my end, it seemed, it seemed a little bit harsh because he's replayed it like 20 times and his patience was a little thin, but it's a masterpiece. And my response was also Cameron, <laughs> <laughs> which for all you OG listeners, remember Cameron. Yeah. Cameron, li- he injected his, oh, uh, his brand on. of hate. Hold on, Nick Reed is typing a message as we speak. Oh my god! So if you want to like, like, uh, just kind of talk about something else for a second, I can read another will, email real quick. Yeah, I will report. back. This is amazing. This, this is the first fresh. time we've ever had a live response on the yeah, air. Yeah, I, I like the dot where the Nick is typing thing is like yes. popping up right now. So Liquid Metal Mike sent us in a wonderful other email, and I need to share another image from him. Um, he says, my mom dug this out of her basement when I went to visit. I think I did this one when Trilogy came out, figured you guys would enjoy. So it is actually a Mortal Kombat Trilogy fan picture. And from what I can tell, it looks like Goro is decapitating and mauling three different people. Uh, it looks like it could be either Sub-Zero or Scorpion, uh, the fellow with the hat. I cannot remember his name. Kong Lao? Yeah, and then I don't know who the person in the top right is. Hold on, I need to look at this picture again. I'm not a huge Mortal Kombat guy, so... Um, and then my response was, Oh man, I need to dig up all of my Gorillas and Spider-Man fan art from whenever I was growing up. Good times, thanks Mike. And Mike said, you should. It would only benefit society to be saturated with fan art from the 90s. <laughs> Which is uh, true. I need to like find all my Power Rangers fan art from back in the day. Yeah, we had a video way back when, if you guys go to the Geek Time YouTube. Oh my god, of all of Aaron's, like, Aaron DePasquale's fan art for, from Dragon Ball Z. It's amazing. Oh it is, my god. It's like a uh, unboxing video of Aaron's, yeah, like, to, DBZ binder. link that video in the uh, the show notes, because that's, sure. it's amazing. It's like all these, like, different drawings that he drew freehand and traced. There's like a, there's like a Trunks that looks like a South Park character, and um, another Trunks with a hand that Alessio, um, affectionately describes as his uh his his crunk hand which <laughs> which is my favorite thing ever um so definitely check that video out if you want to see some uh gtn original original artwork. Fa- original fan art we're gonna sell prints in the shop oh my god we're gonna put that we're gonna put that crunk hand on a t-shirt <laughs> Slap that crunk hand on a t-shirt. I think that might be my favorite sentence. <laughs> We're going to put that on a t-shirt, too. Yep. We're um, going to put the hand. It's going to be slap that crunk hand on a t-shirt. It's going to be the crunk hand. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is your is your crunk hand strong? Yeah, dude. My crunk hand is strong. <laughs> um, did, uh, did Nick finish typing? It's like it's doing that bubble where it's like Nick is typing. Um, you should type I- him real quick and say, hey... We're recording right now. Hurry up and finish your thought. Hold on. Hey, I see you're typing. <laughs> we are literally. Literally. I can't. Ever since I saw Parks and Rec, I can't say the word literally without saying it like that. <laughs> That's good. I haven't, like, I haven't ever said I haven't said it the other way. I just say literally, and I don't think I can anymore. Good. Just as long as you say culinary and not culinary, we'll be fine. Well, while Sam types to Nick, I'm going to just talk. Um, 
yeah so anyway thanks for the listener stuff uh we enjoy reading you guys's things on the air um we will save any sort of itunes review uh readings for later um, we hope that you guys enjoyed the deleted scenes on the last episode because <laughs> Sam and myself. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I was telling Alessio, um, uh, we were driving down the road. So if you listen to it, there's this like really weird part where, um, where, uh, 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 fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Oh right, where we're, where we're, me and Isaac are messing with the Google Doc while Alessio is trying to like do something, or you no, know, he's trying to read. I think he's trying to like read a read a message or something like that. And um, me and me and Isaac are just like making dicks and shit. And I forgot that we did that. And I'm driving on on I seventy five, and I'm in the fast lane, and I am like I need to pull over because <laughs> my I'm like my eyes are closed because I'm laughing so hard, um, and I like. I was amazing. So if you didn't listen to the deleted scenes, you really you you're, you owe yourself. Um, Nick uh, Nick finally responded. He said, uh, responding to my also Cameron response, he said, "Yeah, it was definitely Cameron leading the criticism department." But yeah, I think it was just a bit obvious to all the annoying things the game throws at you. I really love this game, though. I love how it briefs you every time you continue the game. The bosses were all super interesting. And then he responds to my message that we're recording right now. He goes, whoa, that's super cool. So I'm, like, live on the air, kind of. Yes. And I'm like, totally, dude. I'm just going to read this. <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, if you want to chime in with anything towards the end, I do want to go ahead and shift us into our next section yes um so guys this is the last episode before metal gear solid 3 and dude it's a big deal um a the next episode that you listen to will officially be six months of metal gear mondays and on that sweet little half year anniversary we will have the first guest that we've ever had on the show um and that guest is like a dream guest for me. Um, so this is Cole Ross from the Duck Feed Network. Essentially, um, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be leading the show, and Alessio will not be speaking because he's going to be petrified. <laughs> well, I will say it's going to be interesting. I think from a listener perspective, and we'd love to hear if anybody picks up on any weirdness, but like. With us having these guests on the show, I, I'm curious to see how the dynamic shifts and uh, whether or not we continue to crack wise as much as we do. Um, I know, for me, I'm a little intimidated with Cole being on the show because they run uh, a fun but tight ship over at Duckfeed, and so I'm probably going to be pretty self-conscious the entire time that we're either dawdling or saying super stupid shit. How, so it'll be interesting. Uh, how, how tight is that ship, Alessio? It's not super tight, but it's pretty it's damn like, tight. It's like so tight. It's real tight. Just like accentuate the t- Is it tight? It's tight. Is it, is it hot? It's not hot. Is it wet? Ew, stop. <laughs> any, any word that ends with T, if you just like say it like that, you can make it sound disgusting. Okay, that's good to know. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be diving into Metal Gear Solid 3, and uh, the episode is essentially going to be um, us chatting with Cole about what 
got him into Metal Gear, and then us talking about some generalities, uh, addressing some things with Metal Gear Solid 3, like when it came out, what systems it came out on, uh, any re-releases that happened, uh, how it plays, um, those kind of things. And then we are going to uh, take the rest of the episode to talk about the Virtuous Mission, uh, which is effectively the tanker portion of Metal Gear Solid 3, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the intro. Um, so we're going to talk about from the beginning of the game leading all the way up until the sort of title sequence for the game. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. It's uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, most memorable games in the series for a lot of people. So hopefully we do right by you and we do it justice. Um, I enjoy the game tremendously. Um Although it may not be my absolute favorite uh, Metal Gear Solid entry, um, I have a tremendous amount of affection for it, and I think it's one of the best in the series. So I'm super excited. Nice. Uh, one fun fact before we get into MGS3 that I did not realize until I was talking to uh, Zach, uh, Zach D., um, who we have been mentioning in some of the other episodes. I was speaking with Zach uh, D. Trocchio, and he was... We were going back and forth about the voice acting, because the voice acting is pretty phenomenal in MGS3. And I said, well, the voice of the boss is so iconic, and she does such a fantastic job that every time I hear her voice, it just feels right. You know what I mean? Like, her voice will come back up after MGS3, but whenever you hear her voice, it's almost like hearing, in a lot of ways, it's like hearing your mom or something, you know what I mean? It's just sort of like, it's like authority, but still caring, and like a very sympathetic character. She's a fantastic character. Like, I would yeah, I would yeah, say absolutely. she's one of the best in the series. Yeah. But we were talking about her voice actor, and Zach says, oh, you know what else she voiced, don't you? And I was like, no. She voices Mr. Krabs' daughter in Yeah, you didn't SpongeBob. know that? I did that's, not fucking yeah, know no, that. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. And so now all I can hear it's is Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. Oh my god, tall, dark, and handsome, baby. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so shout out to Zach for making me aware of that and know that I will not and, be able to unhear and that. ruining your life forever. Yeah, so I'm I'm done now. Because yeah. I can hear it. Like now, I can hear the cadence <laughs> of the voice. It's just driving me nuts. Um, really quick before we go, um, uh, Nick Reed sent one more thing. Um, and dude, anything else you send after this is going to be on the next episode, but I wanted to include this because you sent it, um, Metal Gear Solid one, the bosses were all a really good challenge. I liked everything in two, which is because it's much more for, it felt more forgiving. You pretty much never use rations in two, but the rations in the first one seem much more valuable. And he likes how the life gauge increases over time. It was brutal in the beginning with a one inch life gauge. Yeah, dude, but it's not unlike Zelda in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But Sweet. So that is our show for the week. We hope you guys enjoy it. As always, um, you can find us at geekti.me or you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, or Twitter at GeekTimePod um, and on Patreon at GeekTimePod. Uh, we've already plugged the fuck out of that, so I'll leave that mm-hmm. be. Um, the other thing that I would strongly suggest is, uh, especially for Patreon backers, who uh, to get the most out of your most bang for your buck, um, definitely check out the other shows on the network. Um, we do a lot of different shows, and they're all very, very good. And so I, I think to just listen to Metal Gear Mondays, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. Um, and so you should check out the other shows on the network while you wait between each of the Metal Gear Monday episodes. We have um, one. We have. We have a show a day 
seven days a week. Yep. Which is insane. Um, and we, we know that your time is valuable, so I'm not asking you to listen to all of those. Um, yep. But at least find one other show on the network and check it out. Um, if you had to suggest another show on the network, Sam, what would it be? For me, I think the Geek Time podcast is fun. Um, but for me, I think that I would suggest... I like smaller shows um, in mm-hmm. between the longer ones. So I would say either This Week in Geek with Aaron, which is great, um, or I would say May We Have a Word for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I will always say May We Have a Word because I'm I'm very proud of May We Have a Word. Um, I wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen with it, um, but the way that it's kind of shaken out and how I've been able to, to do it has been um, extremely extremely fun uh rewarding and almost therapeutic a little bit it's like a it's become a passion project for me to do um and essentially what it is is i sit down with a guest um and the subject of the episode is a specific word um and uh um we essentially go back and forth uh about that word and stories about that word the next one you're going to hear is on wednesday i actually do it with aaron um uh, it, the word is going to be year, um, and it gets a little uh, a little personal for him and for me. Um, dropping some bombshells about life on that episode, so check that out um, if you want to learn some 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 stuff about me that maybe you didn't know. Yep, and yeah, I think that about covers it. Um, one more super quick plug for the movie: definitely check out braceforimpactmovie dot com. Um, I've never done a feature film. Uh, I mean, I've worked on several features, but this is the first one that I've directed and produced. So it's a huge deal, big undertaking, and I would really appreciate it if you guys would check it out. And you can find me on Twitter at AC Summerfield. Um, Sam, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Sam Wright DPS. Um, check all of that stuff out there. Also, did you mention the SoundCloud? Uh, yeah, I mentioned it in passing, but feel okay. free to plug it again if you'd like. Yeah, go to soundcloud.com slash geektimepod. We upload all of our shows there. I'm currently entering my credit card information into there so that we can <laughs> continue to have our unlimited uploads because Alessio went in and accidentally canceled our pro account. <laughs> um, so I'm doing that right now. So check that out. <laughs> yeah. And um, an easy way to find that as well, even if you don't go to SoundCloud, if you go to geekti.me, our website, mm-hmm. um, all of the uh, audio files that are embedded in the posts are actually directly linked to that SoundCloud. Yep. Um, and we will, um, I'll definitely get better about it. We will check the SoundCloud for comments because SoundCloud has this very cool thing, if you've not used it before, where you can actually comment on an exact moment on the recording. Yeah. Absolutely. And it'll save your comment with the timestamp for that section. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, other than that guys, uh, that's been the show. Sam, what can they remember to do? They can remember other words that end with T that sound gross, like moist. Ugh. Uh, so moist. Ew. <laughs> what was I work, up with your voice there? I, I work with uh with a with a person um who is a very flamboyant gay man, um and he's awesome, but he says it like he says he says it like that sometimes. He says the word moist is an insult. 
Um, he, he'll like describe people as like, yeah, they were, they seemed very moist. Ew. Yeah. But like, he'll just like randomly like go, uh, so moist. <laughs> and he'll just like make his voice raise so moist. <laughs> just in case he wanted to like be incredibly uncomfortable. But there you go. Nice. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So if you want to be uh so moist, just, uh, just remember that it's, it's, uh, it's just a box. I think that was the most vanilla sign-off we've ever had. We can, you want to try again? No, it was great. No, I no, fuck it. it. No, we're trying again. No. Fuck. No, you want vanilla, you want, you, you want vanilla, you're getting strawberry, bitch. Um, sometimes, uh, in life, you just have to, have to just suck it up and muddle through, um, be the best that you can be. Um, you got a beers up, gears up, gears up, ten cup, teams up, <laughs> suckers walk. Uh, my name's my name's Deke. <laughs> my name's Deke Stokes. My friends call me the Spence. I'm here to destroy at Pong. Um, also, um, just live your life in a positive way and be good good to each other. Um, and when all else fails, just don't, don't forget to just, you know, just pour a little whiskey on it. God damn it. Um, <laughs> um, Sam's trying to slowly say every reference from every <laughs> I want to put that on a t-shirt, pour a little whiskey on it. God damn it. But I don't want to put like the word God damn it on a t-shirt because people frown upon that. I think in America, maybe. Well, and if you order our t-shirts, they will come to you in a box. No, they actually don't. They come to you in an envelope. Fuck. I know. I see, I see what you were trying to do, but I just wanna. I just wanna make sure facts are being spoken. They come into like one of those like vinyl envelopes that they send. That they send every every T-shirt, and I've never seen a T-shirt come in a box before. I'm sorry. I had a Ben Carson um, moment. <laughs> your whole life is a Ben Carson moment. It's just a box. Just a box. Just a box.